0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Mike on Twitter says before I eat one, it's scone. After I do, it's scone. Joanna Fortune joins us uh, uh, once again. Good afternoon. That's actually
1: very funny. (laughs) Uh,
0: That is very funny. Good man, Mike. Right, uh, here's your first question. My three-year-old daughter, almost four, is refusing to go to preschool or join in any activities with other kids. She's an only child, has no cousins nearby and because of a house move during COVID, she doesn't know any kids in our area. She started preschool and really loved it. But when I returned to the office at the start of this year, we began to have problems with uh, getting her to go. She would go in for her daddy, no problem, but get very upset if I brought her. I persevered for a couple of weeks with school when things got quite bad in April, but it was so upsetting that I took her out because she was going to miss a month due to a family trip anyway. She goes to ballet once a week, and I thought she would love a week-long summer camp, but we only managed to get her to go one day. She told me that one of the other girls laughed at her nail polish, and this is why she doesn't want to go. She gets very upset, clinging to us and sobbing, and her little heart beats like crazy. Once we take her home she's fine. She struggles to play with other kids when we are in a playground or a group of families. I see her trying but she doesn't know what to do. I'm really worried that she will be worse when it comes to back to school time. She's already saying she won't go back to school in September any advice on how I can help would be much appreciated oh.
1: Gosh There's a few things in this though isn't there I mean first of all and this comes up quite a bit in questions in different guises about a child especially around this age having different treatment for one parent and another and mm. it's not unusual at all for a child to show separation anxiety as this is sounding uh, from just one parent or even you know as we've talked about here before preference for one parent at various times that can change because it can can be a way for a child to try to control their world. You know, I will control how I react with this person versus this person. It gives a semblance of control when so little is in their control at this age, particularly about how they're feeling. Because in times of stress or anxiety, don't we all tend to crouch down into our comfort zone? You yeah. know, a bit, isn't that kind of a tendency we all have? And, you know, she's doing the same thing. She's crouching down where she feels most comfortable, most secure. And that may well be that her comfort zone right now is with this parent. Because over, if you look at her age, she's three, almost four. Uh, he, most of her life has been in lockdown.
0: Yes, you know, yeah, when you do absolutely. the percentage. Yeah. So,
1: her, I don't want to, you know, make everything the COVID, but it is very relevant here, you know, and it, it, but this kind of behavior is not unusual at the moment in this cohort, this age group. So, her world has been really small so far. And I'm wondering if, in, you know, very strategically, consciously inviting one or two children who are in her preschool group over to your house. And the reason I'm I, I'm thinking don't just meet them straight away in a playground is because she, that's her familiar space. That's where she does have control in yeah, her own yeah. home. And that might be a safer way to start mini group play with her and to bring, and I'm talking now just for 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. I'm not talking for a whole afternoon or anything yeah. like that. Just a little mini play date plenty of time for that age group anyway. And that might help because then you could gradually go from there to meeting those same friends in a playground to then other kids being there. But a gradual increase to that, because it's also something about, you know, where where does she locate her parents when she's not with them? And we've talked, you know, that permanence piece about being Mm. able to hold someone in mind and be held in mind even when you're not physically together. So when you return to the office often, you know, the office work, this mysterious place called work is very abstract for young children. Where is this? Where do you go? Do you disappear to this place? I wonder, could you bring her to the office, show her where you sit, where you get your tea, where you come in, you know, show her around so she has a picture of where you are when you're not with her. And that might be a step towards, you know, just allowing her to be able to go, Okay, I know where you are. I can locate you. I feel a little calmer with that. And I also think because she's managing it with her dad, you know, just how is he doing it? You know, is he doing just simply, all right, you now, bye, off he goes. Or is, have they a little ritual that is working for her? I was just curious a bit about that. And was yeah. she OK once she is inside? Because she was fine in preschool until this parent went back to work. So that gives me the the impression that actually she was fine when she was in there. So when she's very upset and you're saying, look, you took her out of preschool altogether because she was so upset, but also you were going away. Was it just the point of separation that is highly distressing or does her distress linger? When this parent is dropping off, I think it would be well worth having a meeting ahead of September Mm -hmm. with the preschool staff who are experts in settling children and managing transitions like this and talking through what their observation was as to how it did or didn't go well previously and how you might plan for that going forward. Also, just little transitional, playful things you can do. Get a pack of temporary tattoos. And get matching ones. So get a few packs of them. So you've got (laughs) lots and lots of them. And you wear one and she wears one. And you have matching tattoos as a way of then she can just touch the tattoo or look at it. And she knows you'll be looking at your matching tattoo at the same time. A little transitional object phenomena that you can use with that. Um, I would also consider giving her something of yours. Could be a pen. You know, this yeah. is the pen I yeah. write with. You get to take that in your backpack to preschool. It could be, you know, a necklace or a brooch or a badge, anything at all. Give her something of yours that she like a little talisman that she can hold on to and make a poster at home that you can draw home, the office, preschool, other parents office and just have little photos of you all that you, with blue tack at the back that you can just move when you're all leaving home. Where will you all be? And when you get back into the house, you move everybody back into the house drawing. So she has a visual representation that she can bring to mind of where everyone is and yeah. locate you all.
0: It's so interesting because I, I wonder, can't speculate, but perhaps uh, Daddy never worked from home. Maybe he was working wherever where he did. And so she was used to that, but she also needed Mammy to be in the house because Absolutely. that's where she could locate her. That's yeah. so interesting.
1: Yeah, I do. I do think though that just... I watch your, and it's very easy for me to say when you've actually been through handing a distressing child over and leaving them, it's highly distressing oh, for God, parents yeah. as well. So, when it comes to September, try to manage your own distress as you build mm. up to it and make sure for that first week or so that you do something nice for yourself as well. Meet someone for a walk, go for a nice coffee afterwards, be kind to yourself with this too, because that way you're going to be best able to yeah. continue to support her through the transitional period.
0: My son is 12 and he can get very upset when something happens that he thinks he will get in trouble for. Two examples. His teacher said that an incident happened in his class that she knew was carried out by one of the boys and when the teacher queried it with them as a group, he burst into tears even though he didn't do anything. Today he got off the bus and rang me in floods of tears because he left his airpods on the bus. I calmed him down as quickly as I could and then sure enough he checked his pockets and he had them. My question is how do I strike a balance? I'm Terrified that he will do something that is serious, crash my car, when he is older, for example, but would be so terrified by his actions that he would do something stupid, run away from home, etc. You hear horror stories of what kids do because they are afraid to disappoint their parents. As a bit of a parenting insight, I believe we are firm but fair. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes I can overreact in the moment by shouting. This can happen because I get frightened by the situation or it comes at a time when I'm stressed with work. I hate that part of my personality. I'm sensitive and I love, I, I work, I love hard and I get upset hard. My son is exactly the same.
1: I mean, it's, there's, yeah. So look, when someone says, you know, as a parenting insight, we are firm but fair. I only know what that means to me. I don't know how somebody else defines that. So all I can say is reflect on what does that look and sound like? And the, the strength that you have is that you recognize your son is exactly like you and you have a lot of emotional common ground. Mm. Use that insight and reflect back. And I really when you're doing this, you know, and we can all benefit from doing this in various situations. But, you know, for this parent, if you're listening, just bring a specific example to your mind. And I want you to run it through in as much detail in your head. Something that went wrong for you where you did get in trouble or there was a chance you You would get in trouble as a child. And how do you wish you had been responded to? How were you responded to, first of all? But how do you wish you had been responded to? And what difference would that have made to you? Because that kind of insight and connection with, oh, you know, this happened. I did feel fearful. This was the response I got from parents. This is how it made me feel. Here's how I wish it had gone. This is the difference it would have made. Let that be your starting point with him. Because something that jumps out at me here is anticipation. There's a high level of anticipatory arousal. You know, the teacher's giving out. I mean, the teacher knows who did whatever was done, but is doing that whole who was it to give the child in question an opportunity to own up. But the rest of the children are sitting there going, well, securing the knowledge it wasn't me. But this little guy is anticipating the trouble anticipating because the teacher hasn't explicitly said I know who it is. Maybe they do think it's me. Yeah, maybe yeah. I am going to get in trouble oh, and is already three steps ahead. Mm. It's the same with the AirPods, you know, that I think I've, I've forgotten them and I'm going to get in trouble. And so, again, I'm wondering with this parent as well, you know, when he you calmed him down and there they were in his pockets and he hadn't lost them. What if he had? I'm curious, what would have been this parent's reaction, reaction. Yeah. if he had lost them? And be honest with yourself. Would you have flipped your lid and would he have been consequence and would it have been big trouble? Because let's tease that out and what is and isn't working for him. Mm. You know, because if we give our children expensive items like AirPods and stuff, you know, there's every chance they're going to lose them. So if you're going to lose an expensive (laughs) piece of equipment, (laughs) it's not just about airports, but you know, like, absolutely. So just also watch your own anticipatory arousal because how quickly your mind has gone to quite an extreme example. Mm. I'm worried that when he's older, he'll crash my car and run away. I'm like, wow, that's big. So, you know, Again, though, you're identifying you're quite similar if you're both have a tendency to go into heightened arousal, anticipatory arousal, where you're scanning for signs that you are right to feel the way that you do, which is anxiously worried, all of that, then actually sit down with him. And reflect on it. Let him know, you know, sometimes I can see that you worry about things before they've even happened. And can we give him an example of where you've seen it, just like you've given two examples here? Ask him to tell you a time when he has felt like that and maybe offer him an example of, I used to feel like that when I was your age. And this is what I wish someone had said to me. So I'm going to say it to you. And here's how we're going to move forward. Because when you have a highly sensitive child, as this child sounds. Yeah. They feel the world very deeply. So when you say you are firm but fair, be very honest with yourself what that looks and sounds like, because a raised voice to a sensitive child can Mm. be very, very scary. Yeah. You know, that prosody, that tone, that pitch, all of that is something you have to consider that you may have to change how you respond to him. So that he can engage with you in those moments, because you have to move him to a place where mistakes can be celebrated as a means of learning. Nobody is going to avoid getting into trouble indefinitely. Mm. Sometimes we need to get in a bit of trouble so that we can learn going, oh, that's the line. That was too far. We won't do that a second time. And he's coming into adolescence. So we do I, I mean I know lots of parents going no we don't Joanna, we don't want them getting in trouble but actually they're going to yeah, so we need yeah. to teach them how to manage that as best we can
0: yeah uh, also it indicates that uh, being a secret agent isn't a career choice for him uh, given oh, no, the first definitely example uh, not. I think he cracked a bit uh, <laughs> quickly under interrogation there uh, Paul says just come back to the first question about uh, the three-year-old who's now very upset going into preschool Uh, I'm in the same situation my three year old daughter is angry with me for going back to work after four weeks of parental leave as her dad I looked after her for the first Mm. year of her life during lockdown as her mum was a nurse I talked to her during the week and she asked me lots about work and wants to visit my workplace so that's I think it's such a good idea
1: for children to see their parents workplace yeah
0: yeah uh, Hi, guys. This may uh, make me sound like an awful person or parent, but my daughter is an awful singer. The problem is she has a keen interest in it. She's 10 and is constantly putting herself forward for school shows and not getting picked. And this summer, she wanted to go to a singing summer camp, which she enjoyed. But the teachers tell me she's way behind the talents of the other kids. I'm sure it stems from years of us telling her she was good when she was a child, but now it's getting to a stage where I fear people might make fun of her. I don't want to dent her confidence, and I'd love her to continue to peruse her passion for the arts. But she can't sing, and I need to figure out a way to tell her or uh, tell her or do something before she gets a slagging in school. I know I sound very harsh.
1: Do you know, it's so funny. Um, I mean, that is not funny because of the child in question, but it's funny. What immediately came to my mind is myself at about seven or eight years old standing on a stage as part of a local music festival singing Begay Nakamoruk, Okay, with not a single note in tune to the point that the accompanying pianist stopped playing. Oh dear. So I just went acapella at that stage because I kept going. But I actually remember knowing in that moment, oh this isn't going very well at all and I could see my mother in the audience you know Present and there, but avoiding eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just didn't talk about it. But there's that came to my mind. But also, you know, when you watch those TV talent shows and somebody gets on stage and of course they show them because it's all part of the entertainment fact that yes. like, this person can sing, this person can't. And we might ask, you know, gosh, who told that person that they can sing? But, I, you know, another way of looking at that is if have you ever looked at that person, whether they can or cannot sing, in our opinion, and feel how they feel. When they're singing, how do yes. they look? You know, mm. because I think there's something in this about you know she doesn't have the talent. Does she need to? Does she need to have talent? Do any of us need to have talent mm. in everything we do to enjoy it? Sometimes it's worth doing something just because we like doing it, and we don't need to be good at it. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to break into Begay Nakamori in case anyone's adjusting the dial as I'm as I'm saying. But if you enjoy it, it's fine. But you do need to get to a place where you know. She likes to sing. She likes to be up on the stage and performing. And at this age, 10, maybe that's enough. Yeah. That, you know, it's it's really about doing things for the joy that they spark and holding in mind that joy is not necessarily connected to talent. And if she enjoys it, I'm just telling you, let her enjoy it. Because if we parent our kids to a bit that we must avoid them ever getting slagged by anyone. Do you know what? If that happens... And that's not on your daughter because nobody should be slagging anyone or doing that. Of course, I'm not naive. Kids will. You can help her through that. Mm. You can help her through those feelings. You can help her negotiate it. And it might be about going, look, I see you love to sing and you love participating in shows. And I think you'd love drama and dancing, too. How about we look into a class? I'm not telling you not to sing, but I'm letting you know there are other ways of performing.
0: Yes, of course. I suppose maybe maybe behind this, I kind of got a sense that... Obviously, they were going, oh, that's great. Only when she was younger and she kept, she absorbed that message. And, and, and part of the parents fear, I think, is at some point she'll suddenly realise, I haven't got a note in my head. Oh, she will. My parents were telling me I could sing for all these years. And, you know, she's going to hate them for it or, or, you know, certainly have a problem with them for, for telling her she could sing when she, she can't. It's,
1: it's a really good point, Sean, because if at this age, because she's 10, she's like, do you think I'm a good singer? Mm. And she asks you directly. The parental instinct is, oh, yes, you're wonderful. But actually, maybe it's about saying your voice has changed since you were little. And it sounds a little bit different now. And it's great fun to sing. And some of us sing at home and sing, you know, in the shower, in the car. And we sing for our own fun at home. And I think you should always do that. And some people sing on stage and they sing in a different way. And maybe you can make a choice about that. But if she's looking at her parents and saying, but I love to sing and I want to do it this way. I just think kids should be having fun and enjoying life and enjoying what they do. And I would let her do it and support her through it Afterwards, yeah. you know, um, but I would be redirecting her. There is a strong thing; she clearly loves performing.
0: Yes, and yeah, you know, clearly. find
1: another route for her to do that. Find dance, drama, you know, all kinds of of arts that are out there. Push some of those her way, and really celebrate her strengths in those areas. Yeah.
0: I wonder, are the teachers actually saying? She's way behind the talents of the kids. Game. That She's really struck 10. me. I have to be yeah. honest.
1: I was like, "What kind of a of a summer camp is it?" You know, I no, was that's like, kind of harsh. Now th- there are some out there
0: that are kind of harsh. Uh, Andrew says anyone can sing. Get the child singing lessons if it's that important to her. She can be taught to phrase. Absolutely. So it doesn't sound so. You Absolutely, know, she could be. Yeah, um, and uh, and learn about those things that way.
1: Absolutely, and, but and also she can sing just out of tune. She can just do yeah. that.
0: My wife and I uh, are are a little concerned about our 15-year-old daughter's emotional development. She's a very uh, clever, funny, sociable and caring teenager. And she's commonly praised by anyone she meets for her maturity and general delightfulness. However, that is when she's out of the house, at home, particularly when she's tired or stressed she becomes very emotionally unstable. She'll burst into tears and have childish tantrums over the most minor frustrations and she will lose her temper with any family member that crosses her path over any perceived slight. As a result, the rest of us are walking on eggshells around her or trying to avoid unnecessary contact with her at home to avoid the ensuing drama. We're also concerned that she doesn't eat enough. She seems to be hangry a lot of the time as she controls her calorie intake to the ounce. Even though she has no reason to be concerned about her weight... Maybe this is just normal teenage stuff and are we the ones that are too sensitive to it. So uh, we are hesitant to call call her on it. Uh, as she might take this as general disapproval of her. What should we do?
1: Ooh, I mean, There's a lot in that, there actually. Is, and uh, you know, it's it's, it's that second bit yeah. that really you're... I'm listening, kind of nodding, going, OK, OK. And then I'm like, whoa, what's that? Hang yeah. on. Um, and I think there is something in that when you're like, you're concerned she doesn't eat enough because she is controlling calorie intake to the ounce. That's a flag for me. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want, you know, I want to know why I, I, as parents will often say, you know, oh, it's not, you know, she doesn't need to. Her weight is fine. It's not about that. It's about control and it's about being able to manage something. And it's always about why is that important in general? Like if, if you were looking at this one overall, adolescence is a second bite of the developmental apple. You know, mm-hmm. I've said it before. Terrible twos quickly become terrible twelves and thirteens. And, you know, so it's it's again, just as in toddlerhood, we talk about limit set. And boundaries and structure. It's the same in early adolescence, not that you treat them like toddlers, but it's again about mm. re establishing new limits boundaries and structure and structure is flexible and adaptable it should bend without breaking so that you don't become rigid because I said so but there is room for negotiation because actually it's quite normal for teenagers to become do you know what just generally less pleasing to live with okay (laughs) let's call it that because they're in pursuit of achieving autonomy and independence and individuation you know establishing themselves as other than you other than family a person in their own right and and that's really important. So some of that protest, and it's not surprising to me to hear somebody behaves one way out of home yeah, and one way yeah. in home because home is the safe place where many of us emotionally exhale. Um, you know, and also it may be that the effort to sustain that sunny side when I'm outside is pretty much depleting me. Yeah. So I'm coming to you with a, you know, in the red, in the battery zone, and I need that space to recharge. So make sure when she's coming in that you're not immediately flooding or bombarding her with questions, demands, expectations, but you do acknowledge that she's come in with a smile, a word, you let her have some space yeah. and then come back at her because something about everyone trying to avoid unnecessary contact with her at home to avoid ensuing drama. Again, that's just raised a little bit of a flag with me because I, I was like, gosh, does that mean it's only in emotional outbursts that she experiences connection, even if it's negative? Is that how she's drawing people in? Yeah. So actually try try to change that if you're going to change something you're doing make sure you do initiate repair, you do initiate connection with her, even if it's just about having her preferred foods available for her or prepping. Now, if she doesn't want you prepping a meal, that's fine. But suggesting a walk with her, suggesting an outing, recording her favourite show, sitting and watching her favourite show with her, even if you hate it, Mm. you know, and don't make a big thing of hating it. But, you know, be present, available and interested in her so that it isn't just in these moments of tension that there is a connection because that's not going to change anything. So I would, you know, think that, look, it's worth teasing some of this out I think as parents a consultation like a what we call a parental consultation or a psychoeducational session with a you know suitably qualified therapist will talk you through what is developmentally quote unquote so-called normal and like using an emotional sieve we'd sieve through well you know it's not pleasant but it is in the range of normal we're not psychopathologizing teenagers being teenagers and then you see what's left in the sieve and you go okay well that's the over and above stuff that's the stuff we get curious about and we look to explore and see is there something else there because in a session like that you could get reassurance or clarity but also it might show if a referral for some form of psychotherapy for your daughter is warranted the food piece would just raise a flag yeah. for me about that. Yeah,
0: indeed. Uh, going back to the singing again, someone texting in to say Bob Dylan, Lou Reed, and Iggy Pop couldn't sing either. Look at the careers they had. Indeed, you're right. Joanna, thanks a million uh, for coming into us as ever. Joanna Fortune, there you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. I'm going to take uh, a break after that. The Undercover Biker.
1: Moncrief, brought to you by Avant Money. Think of getting the best value from your bank. Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m.
0: on News Talk.